Welcome, everybody, to today's B-Side of Dead Punnett Society. I'm your host, as always, Adam Proctor. And to jog your memories of our excellent and somewhat long-winded A-Side from earlier this week, I had on fellow podcaster and, more importantly, professionally and vocationally for our purposes today. He's a professor of political science at University of Texas, Rio Grande Valley. Nick Kearsley, thanks so much for coming back for the B-Side. Oh, always a pleasure, Adam. I love this show. Just glad to be part of the action. Glad that you're part of the action, man. I've been try- How has it been so long uh, that, that, that I, you know, uh, up until now, it's been two and a half years. We've been, we've been yeah. chatting about our podcast exploits or, or, or our, our podcast aspirations uh, for two and a half years. And it's just now that I've got you on the show. Why? I, I, I yeah. wish I knew. I wish uh, I knew. I'll blame you. I'll flog myself later for that, uh, for not having you on earlier. <laughs> I really, I, mean, I, I really enjoyed the A side. I knew it was going to be good, and ever since I've been sort of, I've, we've been playing tag about getting you on the program for the past two some odd years. I knew it was going to be good, and we finally did it. And damn it, Nick, it was good. It was very good. Capital V, capital Thank G. You. Thank you. Uh, very good. Actually, it's interesting to think about how much has changed in the past two and a half years in this in the in the left strategy scene. It is. It is, and it's it's heartening in a sense that. I no longer have to make the arguments that I was so passionately making early on because they've just sort of been registered in the status quo thanks to the success of those strategies in practice, right? By people who, for the most part, have never heard of Dead Punnett Society. So that's also... (laughs) Right. And, you know, there's things you can say now that you couldn't say two years ago, for sure. Yeah. There are. Absolutely. Absolutely. So in today's B-side, we're going to kind of be, we're going to be meandering all over the place. We're going to pick up the theme of neoliberalism and post-neoliberalism and talk about how that does or does not reflect or impact our socialist movements today. Uh, Because after all, if everything is neoliberal, then, you know, surely that also means our socialist uh, movements, which means their, uh, their, their DOA dead on arrival. And we can't really believe that, can we, Nick? We have to believe in something. Um, sure do. So today's theme is going to be Gramsci's famous dictum, pessimism of the intellect, optimism of the will, which to be fair is not actually what he wrote, but that's how it's often summarized. And I think accurately so, but we're going to talk about what that means. What does it mean to, to hold on to a pessimism of the intellect and an optimism of the will? Cause I think that, you know, it's so, it's so corny and I hate that I'm even doing this because for years and years, you know, when I hear somebody sort of rail that off, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. You're telling stories around the campfire. We've all heard that one, you know, and they expect it to have this real impact. Like just really just think about that, Nick. Pessim- it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I, I hear, I've heard this a thousand times. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but, and yet I'm doing it. We're doing it here today because I think it has a direct relevance to the conversation we've been having for the A-side and the one that we're going to talk about today. So uh, the DSA convention happened a little while ago now. You were a delegate to that convention in Atlanta representing uh, representing the national organization, I guess. You were a delegate at large. Is that correct? I was. Yeah, I was a delegate at large. Uh, which is the yeah. designation you earn if you yourself are not inside the jurisdiction of an established recognized chapter. So you ran at the national level and were uh, gladly elected. I was stumping hard for you to the people who asked me and uh, glad to see you made it. Give me your um, just sort of general impressions. You were also at the convention in 2017. So this this makes you well suited to reflect on the changes over the past couple of years. 
Yeah, thanks, Adam. Um, so, I mean, this is sort of a s definitely switching modes uh, for me <laughs> from the first uh, side, the A side. But uh, yeah, yeah. So I, I guess you could say academically, uh, a few years ago, sort of I was on sabbatical in 2015, 2016. Uh, there's a whole background story to that. But, um, you know, it was also the build up to the Bernie Sanders moment, the election in 2016. It was the birth of a number of podcasts and um, this term started circulating, you know, the, the dirtbag left, uh, along with a number of other debates and terminological uh, sort of um, conversations. We were having debates about terminologies, uh, terms that we could use to describe ourselves and, and what sort of left we were becoming. And I think it was it was clear that there was a kind of a shift of gears taking place from the kind of extreme optimism of the Occupy movement, uh, but also a rather navel-gazing type of politics associated with the Occupy movement at the end of the day. And, and, and this sort of sort of sense that we had that something new was coming along. Like the, the Bernie movement was really, I think for a lot of people, unexpected. I think it was unexpected to Bernie Sanders as well, to be honest. And there's no doubt that, you know, the Occupy did a great job, I think, in terms of priming a lot of us for, um, for, for, for thinking in terms of like concepts like the 1%, the 99%. Uh, Mitt Romney shot himself in the foot when he said 45% of Americans had no interest in voting for him because they were lazy. You know, so, so you could even see the, the, uh, you know, re-election of Barack Obama as sort of being bound up in that moment as well. But but nevertheless, I think between Occupy and 2016, we were kind of adrift. And then and a lot of things start coming along. And this sort of sets the context for me going to the DSA convention in uh, 2017 in Chicago, because I had, I'll be completely honest with you, never heard of the DSA before uh, I read a piece by Bhaskar Sankara <laughs> saying, you know, you should really join this. And I'm just like, our leader says, <laughs> I, I shall, I shall do it. You As know, I like think Doug Lane said on the program once of zero books, he said, uh, you're a, a hardcore adherent to Bhaskar Sankara thought. Yeah, uh, I, I will gladly uh, uh, wear that badge. Yeah. So, um, joined uh I, I quickly after that found out and i was very excited to find out there was a chapter of dsa in columbus it had been there a long time maybe not with the same amount of numbers but i remember walking in uh with a friend of mine uh, to our first meeting i think it was like maybe november or something and um just being like holy cow there's a lot of people in here and everyone was kind of looking at each other with that kind of like do you know what's going on? No, I, I you know, that kind of like, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, have you been to one of these before? Yeah. Uh, so, um, you know, the, the numbers actually, those kinds of numbers did not sustain. Uh, I mean, I the, think the, eventually the salad those days, uh, make, yeah, uh, but it, it makes was, you it nostalgic, was, it, doesn't it? When everybody was just open and, and ready to learn and do stuff and. Oof. There was about a three or four month run where the numbers were huge. And then um, it, but you know, it was probably healthy because at the same time that it was hard to get large rooms, uh, large enough rooms for that kind of uh, conversation and, and to manage it, you know, to, to go from whatever it was in Columbus, like maybe, I don't know, I, someone will correct me on this, but like 10 members to like 50, 60, 70 members in a room would, was, would have been quite an undertaking. But um 
I stuck the course with it anyway, and I was really glad I did. Uh, there's some great people in the Columbus chapter and um, working hard, and, and I met some of the people who'd been DSA members for a lot longer than I have, and uh, they taught me a lot of things about um, the project. And uh, eventually the opportunity came around to, to run for uh, a position as a delegate to the Chicago DSA and uh, I, I, it was a wonderful experience on the whole, although, of course, it must be said, I think that um, when I got to that convention, uh, it, it, it was very clear that there, were, there, there was extreme confusion um, in the body, in the assembly, as to what the plan was, what the orientation was. And, and that's normal, I suppose you'd say, for a so-called big tent organization but it, it also seemed like ideologically uncertain of itself um there weren't really any i mean they were there but they weren't hugely organized and they certainly weren't vote whipping um the, the caucuses um were, were very kind of embryonic and so it, it it led to a sort of um a kind of a confusion when people were voting for their the, you know the, the npc um, the, the, the steering committee that sort of runs DSA on a day-to-day -day basis. And um, it, um, it, 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 I, I think, um, is, 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 a, is a, worth, a worthwhile point of conversation to sort of focus a little bit on what happened right after the DSA in Chicago. I don't know, I don't know if you mind me mentioning that, but, um, you know, right after the 2017 DSA convention in Chicago, there was a massive scandal that kind of broke out and um, it uh, concerned a gentleman who'd been elected to the NPC uh, by the name of Danny Fatante. And, and uh, people have different thoughts on this, uh, but, but I couldn't really get my head around it. He'd been accused of being a cop organizer as part of his long, long, long career in Texas as a union organizer and a very successful union organizer. I, I, as it happens, I live in Texas now and I, I hear his name from time to time. Like he's a well-known figure down here. Um, yeah, yeah. The, the and, biggest Bernie sur surrogate really and proponent in, in the entire state of Texas. Yeah. Yeah, easily. And, uh, so, you know, uh, it, 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 it seemed, uh, to me, I mean, I, I know, I know some of these terms now because I've been hanging out around podcasters and listening to various shows and reading a lot more online about uh, you know various sorts of critique of of the left these days, but uh, of course I know now that Danny Fatante got cancelled basically, right? Uh, but uh, I didn't I didn't know that was what had happened. That was ha what was was that that was what was happening to him then. Um, but uh, it's important I think to just describe as as I understand it anyway, and I think it won't I won't be the only person to understand it this way. I I, I may not have the technical details down. I'm I'm not a, a, a behind the scenes. Uh, an expert on DSA's sort of behind the scenes operations. I don't know that the powerful people in there, I, 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 I'm just literally a, a rank and file member really. Uh, so I have to take off my academic hat and my academic expertise with it uh, when I talk about this stuff. So uh, there's a certain modesty in my voice here, but um, uh, you're, you're to be commended for that modesty, particularly in this day and age of, of the sort of professional managerial class culture, which, uh, you know, refuses to acknowledge when it perhaps is not exactly 
uh, in the know, uh, this extreme yeah. status anxiety, which forces people to pretend to know more than they do in yeah. order to not be, quote, found out as being incompetent or whatever in this hyper neoliberal competitive environment that we live in. So you're to be commended for that openness. But I'm just going to step in Shoot, do it. and suggest that you be a little less humble. You you know your shit. Man. Like, so, so <laughs> I'm, I'm going to disabuse you of that. I'm take I'm ripping the hat off. You're, you're just a you're you're a you're an authorized commentator. Okay. Yeah. Well, in, in that case, just then to take it as the horse's mouth here. But yeah. the, um, yeah. the, uh, <laughs> the thing that I saw, um, and which left me, uh, feeling very, um, dirty for want of a better term, um, it was just a massive, massive Twitter pylon. I'd never seen anything like it before. Um, the, the entire convention took to Twitter to basically, call this man out as having sort of hidden uh, a part of his career and affiliation affinity. Um, you know, and this, you're talking about a 30, 40 year career at this point. I mean, this man is in his sixties, I guess. And, uh, you know, to, 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 to overlook one. And he was, I don't even think he was on that job that long. So, you know, it, it, it would have been, it wasn't exactly a sin of omission in such a long sort of uh, resume to 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 leave that bit out. But whatever, okay, people can have different views on that. Say he had mentioned it, would it have been, uh, you know, remarkable or, or should it have been a remarkable thing? Uh, bear in mind, this is the same convention that made a big deal about establishing a, uh, a, a caucus for veterans. You know, so, so I struggle myself sometimes with the political distinction between, you know, a police, a left-wing police officer and a left-wing veteran. I'm not... Yeah. You know, it seems to me that both are fairly, uh, arguably both are, are fairly, um, uh, you know, vulnerable to the vicissitudes of class politics. I mean, uh, I, I, police maybe even more so, but there's no doubt that both, uh, you know, have to walk a, a kind of a careful line. Well, the, the, um, the central question for me, and I think this is what you're getting at, is it is it legitimate for us to to suppose that anyone in the socialist movement or in an organization has a has I don't know as Mister Belding from Saved by the Bell would have said a permanent record, right? Do we in fact have a permanent record wherein all of our choices, decisions, and actions over the the the, the reduce of our, to that one thing? Yeah, our entire yeah. life, our entire career, and this this man had a long career, a proud career, wherein he got the shit beat out of him, uh, joining arm in arm to to support um, an anti racist, anti uh, anti um, it was an anti-immigrant action that they were responding to. So it was a multi-ethnic, multi-racial sort of uh, anti-xenophobic protest. And he was joining arm in arm with his brothers and sisters, you know, multi-racial and ethnic brothers and sisters and got the shit beat out of him by police batons. Yeah. You know, yeah, and like in, yeah. in, in, in this so he's was been on guy, the other end of the police batons enough yeah, yeah, times, you, you know, know like, like at what point do you uh, get the badge to say right. you're uh, a, a legitimate uh, candidate for the NPC? And, 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 I, I and, and whatever you say about whatever you say about what kind of decisions we want to make organizationally, what kind of transparency we should have for our candidates, fine. We can remain agnostic on that question. But 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 to have a bunch of 25 year old brand new socialists, you know, denigrate this this man's uh, legacy, it just it still makes me sick. And if you're listening and you're a patron and this pisses you off, I don't know, man, fine. At some point, fine. You know, we all make our decisions. If you need to leave, <laughs> if you need to leave the Patreon because I just defended Danny Fatante, I don't know, man. I could always pour I could always pour lattes at Starbucks if it comes down to it at this point. I just oh, I did Nick, I, I just have so few fucks to give. If 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 you're so delicate that you can't handle an opinion 
that that might conflict with your own and you can't consider other people's perspectives, then I don't know how the hell we're ever going to forge a mass movement in this in this country. I don't know. I don't know. Um, anyway, well, maybe, uh, I've, I laid, uh, <laughs> maybe I've had too much I'll, coffee. I'll, Nick. I'll, Let's, I'll uh, do I'll do a medium entry later on, Adam, about the things <laughs> that you've said over the years that I disagree <laughs> with. But I'm still a Patreon supporter. So I guess, you know, it is possible. <laughs> yeah, well, I've just had anyway. a post, I've just had a piece posted in, on in redwedge.com uh, calling me uh, an absolute reactionary and putting my yes, face I saw it this morning, putting my face and my name alongside the likes of Trump and um, who else was it? Mike Pence and uh, Tucker Carlson. Right. Because clearly, Adam, democratic socialist, like anti-racist, anti-xenophobia, anti-sexism, anti-transphobia, uh, you know, radical egalitarian. Adam fucking Proctor just clearly has so much in common with those folks. It's obvious, yeah. right? Well, Adam, if, if you don't agree with that analysis, maybe you should go and think about why that's so. Yeah, I could break rocks in a gulag <laughs> for, you know, a couple of decades until I, I rid myself of my uh, ideological perversions. Where have we heard that yeah, before? You, you need to check in with yourself and think about your um, errant <laughs> thoughts. But uh, no, to get back to your question, um, you know, what I saw at this DSA humor aside and uh, left, you know, left me much more impressed this was a this was a more mature DSA, and, I, and I'm I'm, stick, I'm staying away from certain kinds of commentary just at the minute because we can get into that uh, later. But the, um, the 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 genuine kind of uh, my first response um, to your question when if you asked me about the 29 DSA is this was an organization that was stronger in its identity in itself. It was able to have more adult conversations. It was more focused on a long-term game. It had a, a fiscal rectitude, if we can uh, rescue that term from the neoliberals. And I, I attribute a lot of that to that the fact that the various factions, the, the caucuses and whatnot, have uh, done a really sterling job, I think, at uh, cohering themselves, advertising who they are, what they stand for, and how you join them. Now, I have some criticisms of that. I think that the public debate leading up to the DSA convention could have been a lot stronger. I think these caucuses need to do a better job at owning the fact that they are caucuses, owning the fact that they wave certain flags. They're almost apologizing for it right now, and I see that as a sign of political immaturity. But, um, and you know, without getting into the, the various uh, uh, sort of resolutions that were passed because you've had great guests on already, like Andrew uh, Shenatiger. Is that how you pronounce uh, his Sir, name? Sir Nattinger, yeah. yeah it's Sir a, Nattinger, it's a tough one. Yeah, I, that's a good episode yeah. for listeners to check in if they want to sort of get the, 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 the prefiguration of what was going to go down. And he called a lot of it really well, I have to say. Right, I should add, I mean, it really, now. it's not only a prefiguration, but we really called the, the results there as well. Um, the ones that we focused on the most, um, they, they won much to the credit of the organization and you're right to suggest that there's a tremendous amount of maturation I think that's gone on there and there's a serious vision inside the organization that is cohered I think in a good way um, and yet there's some there's some landmines in, in inside that organization this concludes your free teaser of this week's b-side head over to patreon.com slash dead pundits and subscribe today to hear the rest of this episode and to double your dps pleasure each week